This is Cruise Radio. If this whole thing we're going through right now has taught us anything, it is to always have travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Norwegian Gem today. Random side note, Norwegian Gem is currently outside of the studio window here. It's docked here in Jacksonville during the shutdown. Also, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Been getting a lot of questions about Cruise Radio News. So Cruise Radio News is separate from this feed. It's about a 60-second quick hits of the news, three things you need to know, seven days a week. You can find that by searching Cruise Radio News, where you listen to your favorite podcast. Very simple, very quick, and it'll get you caught up on what you need to know. All right, Sherry is here with Cruise News. Hello, Sherry. Hi, Doug. So it looks like the cruise industry is starting to get back up and going again over in Europe. Yeah, you know, in little bitty increments. So the first major cruise ship to sail in in months departed on Friday, and it was the Mind Shift 2. It left from Hamburg on a three-night sailing to nowhere. Capacity was about at 60%. And I'll just go through a list of how they've, you know, how they are figuring out how to do this, even though it's not going anywhere. At least they're on a cruise. Yeah. So, yeah. So for dining... Uh, guests have to order via a QR code on their smartphones, or if you don't have a smartphone, uh, they were handed a traditional menu, as always. Um, there was a buffet, but of course it wasn't self-service. Every passenger had their temperature checked in the morning with a thermal scan. Um, crew members all wore masks. This is a big question. The crew members always wore masks, and guests were asked to wear them in situations where they could not maintain social distancing. And apparently tables were set up far enough apart, so that really wasn't um, a big issue. But it was reported that in the hallways, you know, where the cabins are, the narrow passageways, guests did wear their masks. And it was, as they said in this report, in a very disciplined manner. So guests are respecting the small little passageway um, where, you know, how many times you have to move out of the way of people because it is so narrow. So they're wearing masks for the elevators. Only four guests were allowed in at one time and on the floor, it was divided into four squares and their passengers were asked to remain in their square for the duration of the ride. Um, And because of the reduced capacity, as I mentioned, only 60%, the ship is, is rotating the stateroom. So in other words, you know, if, if guests are in a stateroom on one sailing, it'll be closed for the next one. So that's pretty good. It gives it a chance to, to you know, to whatever. So the so the virus will die. And, this, and then the cleaning crew can come in and disinfect. Um, the ship also is only booking staterooms with balconies. So everyone has access to fresh air. And if something happened, you wouldn't be stuck in an inside stateroom. The gym only allows 20 people in at a time. And it's on a first-come, first-served basis. I don't know how that's going to work out. And then for the child care program, only 10 children are allowed at one time. Other ships will be sailing out of Germany in the very near future. So Carnival Corporation's Aida brand has three vessels, and they are expected to go back into service next month in August. And here stateside, a cruise line has extended their suspension of cruising. 
Yeah, and this was just announced Wednesday morning. Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings announced they are suspending, which is a nice word for canceling, cruises through the entire month of October. And this will affect not only Norwegian Cruise Line, but Regent Seven Seas Cruises, as well as Oceana Cruises. And that's all we know so far. The usual refund process will be underway starting uh, in August. So, yeah, let's see what happens now. Even though they've got the new mustard drill ideas, um, you know, to implement is going to take time. And speaking of the new mustard drill. Yeah, so Royal Caribbean Group and Norwegian Cruise Line now have a new way to conduct a mustard drill. And they're calling it Muster 2.0. And this was developed in joint partnership between Royal Caribbean Group and Norwegian Cruise Line and their newly formed, what they call their healthy sail panel of experts. So Muster 2.0 uses a new technology they've called eMuster that guests can access on their mobile devices or their stateroom TVs if they don't have a mobile device. So the virtual drill will be completed individually rather than in the usual pack-like sardines formation on a deck or in one of the lounges. So basically no more hiding in your stateroom bathroom or pretending to be asleep. So instead, before the ship leaves port, you are required to review the information and complete the steps needed. Um, And from your mobile device or TV screen, it will show you how to properly put on and use a life jacket. It will also tell you where to go in case of emergency. So, you know, basically you can get a head start on your cruise and simply sip your cocktail while reviewing your e-muster procedure. Once you've reviewed the safety information, you have to visit your assigned muster assembly station and a crew member will double check that you've completed and answered all the questions. And again, everything has to be done before the ship can sail. And this isn't the first time. I mean, this is, it's a new concept, but... It was it was it went through a test run back in January, oddly enough, um, aboard the Royal Caribbean Symphony of the Seas. It wasn't used for the actual muster drill, more of a test um, for you know futuristic e muster drill. Little did they know. And Royal Caribbean survey showed quote better comprehension and retention of the safety information. So who knows if the CDC approves this? And I don't know who else would have to. Would you think Solus? Yeah, Safety. I mean, I'm sure that at this point, if if it checks all the boxes, everyone wants the cruise industry to get up and going again. So long as it's safe, I feel it'll be approved. You know, I think I think so too. Um, it's it's sort of like the next logical step. I mean, they already got rid of having to stand in line with a life jacket. Mm-hmm. Now you just you know squish all together on deck, so or in a lounge. So I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. You know the. They're trying to license this too, from what I remember reading. Yeah, to other cruise lines. This might be the yep. this might be the best thing to come from COVID. Is this getting rid of the mustard drill? <laughs> God, what a weird, what a weird thing to say. But yeah, but it's know, true in the world of cruising. That would be um, a very welcome change. And a negative impact of COVID. Well, one of the many negative impacts is that we said goodbye to Carnival Fantasy. Yeah, so Carnival Fantasy arrived at Aliaga, Turkey on Tuesday morning, and uh, this town is home to one of the largest cruise ship scrapyards in the world. The ship was brought ashore 
to first be dismantled and then take everything in the interiors apart. So every onboard item that can be brought ashore will be sold. And after that, the steel will be cut and sold for scrap metal. As of now, only four Fantasy-class ships will remain in the fleet. As of now, only four Fantasy-class ships remain in the fleet, and that's Paradise, Elation, Ecstasy, and Sensation. Cruise line refund policies could soon change. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you wonder when this would finally happen. So amid ongoing complaints, the Federal Maritime Commission has started to look into how cruise lines are actually handling the refunds. And, you know, we've heard a lot of these. So the complaints, a lot of which um, are broadcast through social media outlets, began right after the CDC issued their first no-sale order, and there were hundreds of cruise departures that were canceled. So according to a report by the Federal Maritime Commission, you know, as we know, there was a lack of consistency as to how the cruise lines would refund tickets and the ticket prices. So um, basically, they're coming up with what they, in another laundry list of suggestions. This isn't too long, though. So the Federal Maritime Commission is suggesting that when a sailing is canceled or a boarding is delayed by at least 24 hours due to any other reason than a government order or a declaration, full refunds must be paid within 60 days following a passenger refund request. Now, when a government order or declaration cancels or delays a departure, which results in the, you know, the hundreds of of uh, uh, cancellations, then the cruise lines have 180 days to issue the refund following a passenger request. They also want to establish a uniform timeline to timeline to request a refund because right now some cruise lines, you know, they give you a week or they give you two weeks, and it doesn't start when the announcement comes out. So that's a little complicated. And then refunds should include everything that was paid to the cruise line. Uh, refunds will be returned to the original form of payment is another suggestion that they've come up with. And they state that they expect to vote on these suggestions by mid-August. All right. We'll have to stay tuned and see what comes from that. Well, uh, it would be nice to have everyone on the same page because, you know, you'll get your refund back in 30 days, 45, 60, 90. So uh, a standard policy would be good. Some regulation isn't bad every now and then. No, and it would it, it's so confusing right now, mm-hmm. like you said. So I think if but then again it's like, you know, trying to herd cats. Yeah. Trying to I get mean. every cruise line to conform to one regulation, but who knows, maybe it'll happen. And our final talking point here, kind of a good one, I guess, depending on how you look at it. The C D C wants your help to get cruise lines sailing again. Yeah, so the C D C is asking for help from cruisers in determining the best way to move forward. And just a sample of their questions that they want to pose to cruisers is, should cruise ship operators limit shore excursions? And this is all to help, you know, to restart cruising again. So they want to know that. Uh, They would like to know, should ships limit the number of passengers who can stay in one stateroom? And where crew members are concerned, Should they be required to provide crew members with single occupancy staterooms? Another question they want cruisers to answer, if you're not allowed to to embark because of illness, 
Should you receive a full refund or other incentives? And should cruise lines be required to designate a company official who accepts legal responsibility? Should measures designed to protect passengers and crew not properly be implemented? One thing which might raise red flags for cruisers that really want to get moving as soon as uh, as soon as they can the deadline to submit your suggestions and replies to these suggestions is September 21st. And if you want to hear all 28 questions in audio form, you could check out this past weekend's episode of Cruise Radio Rewind, where Matt read all 28 of them. If you don't want to plow through the Federal Register, um, you can also find them at cruiseradio.net, a link over to the register. All right. Uh, let's see. Donna has the listener question today. Doug at cruiseradio.net to send your listener question in. Donna wants to know, is the future cruise credit refundable back to cash if needed? Well, hi, Donna, and I'm sorry to say, but no, future cruise credits have no cash value and they cannot be redeemed for cash. Um, Once you have a, a future cruise credit, it will follow you for every booking after that. And also, if a previously canceled booking was paid for with an enhanced future cruise credit because they give you 125% of the cost, then if that cruise is canceled, most cruise lines will not issue your next future cruise credit to include that additional 25%. Does does that make sense? They give it to you once, Mm -hmm. then every future cruise credit after that is only the cost of the cruise without the enhancement. And, you know, just because... I think so many people are speculating that their cruise might be canceled and they go and book it and then they hope that it will be canceled so that they can receive another um, hefty onboard credit in in addition to the FCC. Uh, Look, watch for these onboard credits to disappear soon too. So bottom line, if you want a cash refund, if you think you might need the funds, then go to the cruise line's website and complete their cash refund form as soon as it's posted on the cruise line website. It'll still take a couple of months, as we mentioned, till it shows up on your credit card, but at least you'll have your cash in hand rather than just keep churning your future cruise credit. All right, Donna, I hope that answers your question. We've been talking with Sherry Laskin from cruisemaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime straight from Cruise Radio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net.
A couple of months ago, Diane was sailing aboard Norwegian Jim, and it was actually the very last cruise for Norwegian Jim before the cruise industry shut down. So we're talking about early March. Diane joins us on the line to share her experience of Jim and sailing pre-shutdown. Hey, Diane. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you so much for coming on. Excited to have you on, not only to talk about Norwegian Jim, but it was a weird time, right? Because you were on board the very last cruise. And I want to kind of talk about that a little bit later. But before we get to the ship and everything, let's take a step back as we always do. What made you want to take this 10-night cruise down to the Caribbean on board Norwegian Jim? Well, we've sailed the Jim, I think, like 15, 16 times already. And it's just our favorite ship. I love the smaller ships. And we love the itinerary, and we usually try to cruise, you know, in the winter at least once. And so that's why we took that cruise. You know, we had booked months in advance, so we're one of those that book way in advance. As the cruise got closer, of course, then COVID started happening, and we decided we were still going to go no matter what. And we did, and we had a great cruise. Nobody got sick, thank God. And then sadly, we did find out we were the last one. So we got real lucky that way. You mentioned that you booked this far in advance. And it seems like a lot of people who sail the gym live in the general area of New York. Do you live close? I live close to the port, but I still work. So I have to do planning. Mm -hmm. I can't do last minute cruises quite yet. Gotcha. So you make your way to the Manhattan Cruise Terminal to embark Norwegian Jim. How was the embarkation process for you? Uh, embarkation process, well, this time was a little bit different, again, because of COVID. They checked our temps before we could get to security, and I didn't see anybody turned away. And then I'm also lucky that we didn't do the sweet life, so we get the priority embarkation. As I did walk by, I noticed the lines were moving. There didn't seem to be any real backup, and they were boarding by, I think, 11.30, quarter to 12, they were boarding. So they were calling numbers to be bored. You mentioned the sweet life is what you do. Um, does the ship not have a haven because it's an older ship and just like the villas? No, Jim does have a smaller haven. Okay. And it's not the big haven like you have on the other ships, but mm-hmm. we don't do the haven. Okay. We, they do have, um, penthouse suites and two bedroom suites that are non-haven. So you get all the perks except for the haven with the private area, but you still get, you know, priority embarkation. You still get the breakfast and lunch at Cagney's and Moderno. You still have a butler, concierge, and all that good stuff. When I was flying my drone a couple of weeks ago around Norwegian Gym, I noticed some hot tubs um, on the patios of some of the staterooms. Were those one of your rooms? No, those those are the ones with the hot tub are part of the haven. Okay. And um, so, no, that's not what we were. We were in a two-bedroom on 11. Gotcha. On deck 11. Okay. So you mentioned you've sailed Norwegian Jim over a dozen times, so I'm sure it's like coming home when you walk on board. For the folks who've never sailed the ship, give us some first impressions of the ship when you walk on board. Well, when you walk on board, you walk into the atrium area, which is a nice open atrium. Um, There's a bar right there. There's seating right there. And that tends to be the hub of a fair amount of activities. Um, And then from there, you can wander right, left, up, down, down. Some people go right up to the buffet for their lunch. Others go to the dining room, which is a much more relaxed lunch on embarkation than going to the buffet. And the ship overall, I love the layout of it. It's easy to get around, and it's just a nice ship to sail on, you know? Yeah. 
So you make your way to your two-bedroom suite. Now, before we get to the room, do you normally book like the same room every time? How does that work since you live that suite life? Yeah, prior to this, we had booked the penthouse um, suites, but my husband, it's those are after the ship, mm-hmm. and it got to be too much walking for my husband. So that's why we started booking the two-bedroom suite, just because it's more centrally located on 11, less walking for him. And it's an awesome room for two people. It's like you can sleep up to six people in this in this suite. There's a master bedroom bath area that is to die for. You have a living room, and that has a fold-out bed. And then there's a small bedroom that's kind of like an inside room where, you know, one time we did have four of us in the suite, and we were all comfortable. I guess the big question about this suite is, does it have a walk-in closet? Uh... No, it does not. Oh, that blows. You pretty much have everything else. I mean, there's two of you in a two-bedroom suite. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, the bath, you know, the bedroom bathroom area is like one long room mm-hmm. and, um, you know, separated by a curtain from the bedroom to the bathroom area. You've got the walk-in shower. You've also got a tub that you can use. It's double sinks. So there's just that whole area. And then the living room, dining room area is another long room. And that has a balcony off the end of it. And, you know, you have a table where you can have your meals if you want to have in the room. Flat screen TV, couch, chairs. Yeah, so it's it's quite nice. It sounds like it. How about the dining? Since you're past cruisers and probably have high loyalty, did you have like any comp specialty or anything? Yes, we had a a couple because we had the dining package plus the past guest loyalty. So we... Did both. Let's see. We did Cagney's a couple times. We did the Bistro a couple times, and we did Cucina one time. And then, other than that, we did the regular dining. And you know, specialty restaurants are really good. We love Cagney's. That's the steakhouse on the gem, and we really love that. The Bistro is the French restaurant, and my husband loves that, especially for their escargot. He's got to have his escargot, mm-hmm. and. Cucina is okay. It's Italian. My husband's Italian, so needless to say, he's hard to please. So it's, <laughs> we give that one an okay. <laughs> uh, main dining, we've never had a problem finding anything to eat on any night that we went to the main dining room and the food was good. Service was great. Um, one of the things with service on this cruise, because of COVID, they were in full sanitation mode. So that even in the dining room, you didn't have a bread basket on the table. They servers came around with the bread and served you bread that way. Um, there was no salt and pepper shakers. The menus were all paper menus that, you know, one-time use. So they did really, really high-level sanitation during this cruise, which made everybody feel much safer. One thing I will say about the industry during all this is they pivoted really quickly as far as taking the proper protocols on what we knew at that time. How about the buffet? There was no self-serve. Everyone, everything was served at the buffet. Okay, so you just told them what you wanted, and then they would give you... You told them that you they know. wanted, and they put it on the plate for you. Okay. Did you do that sports bar? What is it called on there? Either the local or Oshihans? Yes, they had Oshihans, and yes, we did do it, I think, once or twice for dinner. Gotcha. You know, some, sometimes you're just not that hungry because mm-hmm. you do eat so much and, you know, a, a hot dog or some wings for dinner works out perfect. How was the entertainment on this 10-night cruise? It was good. I mean, they had a really good piano player. Um, 
the one of the band that they have, Prism, is one of our favorites. So we went and listened to them many nights. Um, we've seen the shows before, so uh, again, having been on the ship many times, <laughs> we didn't go to all the shows mm-hmm. because of that. They did have some singers and that we really enjoyed, um, and just you know, but it's just fun to just go to sit and listen to music, do some dancing, and then just enjoy ourselves. How were the sea days as far as crowds and congestion on board? Well, the sea days, the first couple of sea days going down, we had bad weather all the way down, which was, you know, having sailed out of New York many times, that was probably the worst weather we've ever had going down. I mean, including when we got to San Juan, it was pouring rain. Um, But the ship doesn't still feel that crowded because, like I said, there's a lot of nooks and crannies where you can go. One of the nice places is the Spinnaker Lounge. And you can just go there, kind of stare out the windows. And even when activities are going on, you still have room to sit and relax. Uh, great outdoors because of the bad weather. We didn't get to enjoy until on the way back, which is one of our favorite places to sit. That's at the back of Deck 12. And it's just a real great place to sit, have a drink. Um, there's tables there. We play our card games and things like that. So that's a great place. And like I said, there's a lot of, like on 6 and 7, as you walk along, there's little cubby holes where the windows are and benches where people sit. Uh, Malting's Bar, which is another great place during the day. Um, it's not open except for maybe tastings, and people will sit by there. You see, often see people playing cards and things. So there's always, seems to be always nooks and crannies, and you never really feel overcrowded, even on rainy days. When you're sailing out of New York City in the winter time, like how long, like when does that weather change? Is it like a couple of days in? Usually, when we've when we've sailed out of New York, usually the first day is a little cool, and then by the second day, people are out by the pool. Um, like I said, this one was unusual where it just was bad weather all the way down. I mean, even in, even when we were off the coast of Florida, it was cool and rainy, which is unusual. But, you know, it happens in the wintertime. You just yeah. never know. One question we always ask on the show is about the casinos and how was the smoke situation in and around the casino? This cruise wasn't too bad. Um, they really did reinforce you couldn't smoke there unless you were playing. Um, you know, they kept making announcements because every so often people would, you know, and they would announce, no, you've got to be playing to smoke and this cruise didn't seem to have too many smokers on it, so which was nice. It's always nice when the smoke doesn't run you out. So let's talk about the ports of call. Give us the port of call in a highlight and then move to the next one. Okay. Well, our, as I mentioned, our first one was San Juan, Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Uh, it rained. <laughs> and again, with the rain, you come there late, you get there like at 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, we just opted, you know, I, I ran off the ship because I forgot my phone cable, so I needed a cable to charge my phone. And then other than that, we stayed on the ship. Uh, in St. Kitts, uh, usually we go to the Canberra Beach Club, but uh, this cruise, we decided to, we were not going to do too much off sh- on shore, so I just got off, walked around a little bit, mm-hmm. picked up, you know, the usual postcard from my great niece, and back on the ship and St. Lucia was the same thing. The weathers on all in St. Kitts and St. Lucia were beautiful. It was hot. It was sunny. Uh, you know, hearing other people that went to the beaches and everything else, they had a great time. Uh, Antigua, we did go to our favorite place called Beach Limeris. 
a beach bar restaurant and has chairs, and you can get either a day pass or you can do a pay-as-you-go. And the people there are really nice and friendly, and the beach is great, and we had a great time there, and we had recommended it on our cruise critic roll call, and some other people came, and they all had a good time, so which was a good thing. And then the last stop was St. Thomas. We were there just in the morning, and again, with having been there many times and being a short time in the morning, we again chose not to get off the ship. When you say it was a short time, is it more like just like arriving at 7 and leaving by noon? Yep. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, almost a, that's almost too short to do something in St. Thomas. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, unless you're going to do, you know, either, uh, you know, a ship excursion or, I mean, I have on times gone like, you know, downtown, done some shopping and things like that. So that's about all you really have time for. You don't, you know, there's not a really good time for a good beach day, which St. Thomas has beautiful beaches. So Yeah, my, my go-to in St. Thomas is actually going over to St. John and going over to Trunk Bay. And on a, <laughs> on a short day like 7 to noon, definitely wouldn't be doing that. No, no. <laughs> you'd, you'd definitely be missing the ship and flying home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you make your way back to the Manhattan Cruise Terminal. How was your disembarkation? Uh, disembarkation again, um, having priority, we get off a little bit earlier than others that, but as we were getting off, they were already calling color tags. It seemed like there weren't as many self disembarkations as there are sometimes. Uh, again, the biggest thing was getting our temperatures checked before, you know, as we got to the terminal mm -hmm. to see whether or not they're going to let us enter the city or not. And other than that, you know, then it was just wait for our ride home and we were, back home you know we're like without traffic we're 15 minutes from the terminal so it's it's kind of sweet at what point during the cruise did things really start sinking in like the severity of the shutdown like were there announcements made how did you know what was the temperature of the people on board i don't remember really many announcements per se there may have been and i just may have not heard them I know um, people were like, I think, hearing it more on the news that, you know, cruise lines were suspending. And there was, you know, the question whether this was going to be the last cruise or not, I think, up until like about three days before we docked. And then they finally said, yeah, this was going to be the last one. You know, it was, I think, just so much flux at that time, even with the mm -hmm. cruise lines, as to what they were or weren't going to do. So there weren't really many big announcements about that. Were you able to get some intel from, like, your favorite bartender saying, hey, what's the latest? Yeah, I did have, you know, a couple of favorites and asking them, and, and they were pretty much in the dark. Mm -hmm. wow. They were like, you know, they were waiting to hear just like everybody else. They said, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know when we'll go home. We don't know where we're going to go. Um, as it got closer, they knew they were going to be on the ship, but that New York was not going to let them stay at the pier. New York denied that, so they had to take, you know, and they were originally, they were first going to, you know, be kind of floating outside Manhattan for a while, then they repositioned down to Florida, then they ended up in the Bahamas for, I think, a couple of months, so it was, you know, again, so much flux because everybody was scrambling. Yeah, the gym has been here since probably... Uh, probably May or June, I guess. Like, literally, mm -hmm. I'm looking at it right now, right outside of my studio. It's heartbreaking, and it's also, like, a tease, too, because I've been on the ship, and I love that ship, and I love that class of ship, 
But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of like just looking at it, waiting for everything to get started back up again. Well, looking back on this 10-night cruise, do you have any first-time tips to offer either sailing Norwegian Gem or the Caribbean? Well, sailing Norwegian Gem, I, I love sailing Norwegian because of the freestyle. I don't have to pack gowns. I can, you know, and it works. I, I see people dressed up to the nines, and I see people in shorts and flip-flops all walking together, and it just works because there is no expectation of how to be dressed. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things I really, really like about Norwegian. The other thing, cruising in general, I just say to people, if it's your first time, go with an open mind. Things happen, but you're on vacation, so just enjoy and just kind of let it float by and just move on and enjoy because, you know, something's going to happen. Things happen, you know. Sometimes a piece of luggage gets lost. Sometimes it gets delayed getting to your cabin, but it's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And just relax and enjoy. You're on vacation. Yeah, you seem like a very laid-back cruiser. How long have you been cruising for? Mm, My first cruise was in 1980. Then I didn't cruise again until '94, so okay. <laughs> there was there was a bit of a. <laughs> what was your first ship you were on? The original love boat, the Pacific Princess. Oh, how cool! Even cooler, it is where I met my husband. No way! That is <laughs> yes way. The love boat, yeah, very cool. Yep. Were you a fan of the TV show? Yes, I was. To be on the actual ship, mm-hmm. and you can see, you know, how much they did at least in terms of, like, the Lido deck and things, to make those look the same. Cabins, yeah. of course, were nothing like they showed on the right, TV show. of course. <laughs> <laughs> but so cool. it was interesting. It was fun to do. Yeah. So looking back, what was your biggest highlight of this cruise? I guess for me, just, you know, relaxing with the music and, and dancing. You know, mm-hmm. I, it's something that I just enjoy, and that's kind of always my highlight is getting my husband off his two feet, you know, onto his two feet and go <laughs> dancing. So. Awesome. And it just, I love the crew. I, you know, it's, it, for me, it's coming home. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's, oh, Miss Diane, Miss Diane, good to see you. Good. To, I mean, how they remember our names, I just don't know. Yeah, it's wild. And, you know, because sometimes you run into someone that you haven't seen for years, and then it's like, oh, it's so good to see you again. And it's like, yes, it's great to see you, too. <laughs> and I'm looking at the name tag to see the name, and they're calling me by name. It's just amazing how they do it. One of the things I love the best. Along those same lines, I always tell the story about when I was on the Carnival Magic inaugural back in 2011. And then 2016, so five years later, um, almost exactly, I was on the Carnival Vista inaugural. And the bartender walked up to me and he gave me a crown and Coke. I'm like, whoa, what are you doing? He's like, you always drank that on Carnival Magic. I was like, wow, how did you remember that? It's like, it's crazy their memory and how good it is. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they do. And it just, it just amazes me. It just yeah. totally amazes me. A question I've been asking a lot lately with the whole COVID thing happening. What are your thoughts on sailing once cruising resumes? Probably we'll wait for a vaccine uh, mm-hmm. just because my husband's in high risk. If it was just me, if cruising were to resume tomorrow, I'd be on a ship. But because my husband's high risk, I have to wait for a vaccine. All but right. I can't wait for the cruising to be back. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping. We are booked on the gem in March. Okay. So we are booked already. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. Well, what are your final thoughts of Norwegian Gem? Great ship. Great crew. I love the size. It's not too big. It's not too crowded. And even when it's a full ship, and I just, it's a super ship to sail on. 
We've been talking with Diane about her 10-night cruise out of New York City aboard Norwegian Gem right before the cruise industry shut down. Diane, thank you so much for coming on the show and ex- uh, sharing your experience, especially that little tidbit about how you met your husband on the original Love Boat. Very cool, and we sure appreciate you. Okay, thank you. It was a pleasure. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got here, buddy. ba 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 da ba da Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.